Welcome to Camden Cast. I'm Tammy. I'm Erin. And this is our 7th Heaven Podcast. On today's episode of Camden Cast, we will be discussing Season 10, Episode 3 of 7th Heaven. The title is Mama's Gonna Buy You a Diamond Ring. Our IMDb user synopsis is Rosie moves in with Simon and remodels his studio while keeping her apartment as a front, but that proves unpractical. Simon insists on telling their parents they'll get married, but after graduation. When Simon announces that he is going to come and bring bad news, Dad and Lucy falsely hope it's their breakup. They disagree on what to offer single women, except a church church social, which Martin accepts and brings Meredith as their first date. Kevin eagerly accepts Joni's invitation to her mom and I class, where the sensitive hunk is an instant hit. The parents disagree whether to forbid Ruthie going out with too mature Jack, so she gets Martin to set her up with honor student Sam Walker. What was your first impression of this episode? I was highly uncomfortable watching this entire episode because of the entire Ruthie and her father dynamic um, they had set up. Um, our social media for this episode will mostly be... Sexy dancing. Um, and sexy is, like, very much in, in italics. air quotes. In air quotes. Like, it's just not... Like, it's not sexy. At all. Um, Ruthie is maturing, and apparently everybody needs to comment on this. And they're trying to sell Ruthie as a sexual being, but also, like, Mackenzie Rosman on this show looks like a child. Um, which, look... I've been there. I'm short. I also look 12 all, like, perpetually. But... Really? I mean, not anymore, because <laughs> I'm whiter now. But, like... Did you say whiter? Wider. Oh, and you also have gray hair. Yeah, I have, like, lots of gray hairs. Stressed yeah. out, man. This podcast yeah. is stressful. Um, <laughs> that's it. That's it. <laughs> um, yep. No, but my point is that, like, the entire episode they were doing a lot of, like, oh, boys are looking at Ruthie, and it's, like, I mean, yeah. it. But mostly it's, like, the way that the Rev and Annie are talking about Ruthie. Yes, I hope that nobody's parents ever had this conversation where they're, like, our child is becoming a sexual being, which is just a weird way to... I don't know. And also just, like, asking your dad if you look sexy. or if, Well, if or if, da- when your dad says you look sexy and then you're like, please confirm that I look sexy. Or what was the other thing? Um, so you're saying that, like, boy, high school boys want to have sex with me. Right. Which is just not a thing. Which is, like, not a thing to ask your father. Um, I mean, maybe it is. And so, I don't know. In some... I also just want to know, like, what direction they gave Mackenzie Rosman for the dance scenes. Like, did she come up with those moves herself? Did they get a choreographer? I doubt they got a choreographer. (laughs) Absolutely not. If they they did, they way overpaid that, like, that choreographer needs to be fired. I don't know. Or did they, like, put on a bunch of, like, Britney music videos or something and were like, emulate this. And... And Britney Spears, obviously. I don't mean anybody else. What other Britney is there? I don't. I couldn't think of anyone else. But yeah. Britney Murphy, Britney <laughs> Snow, <laughs> Britney Snow. Emulate Britney Snow. Okay. Once, uh, no, just the right, when when I like first my like first year of college, it was like right after. When did, I don't know. I forget when Britney Murphy died. But this was like 
late 2010, and I mixed up Brittany Snow and Brittany Murphy, and I was like, oh, yeah, Brittany, when Brittany Snow died. And someone was like, what? Brittany Snow is dead? And I was like, <laughs> what? a visceral yeah. reaction to Brittany Snow. Yeah. Well, I think it was just like I didn't hear, like, I didn't even hear she died, and then I was like, nope, never mind. I'm talking wrong about one. the wrong Brittany. Okay, uh, let's just actually get into the episode. Um, the cold open takes place uh, entirely in Simon's apartment. Yeah. Um, so he comes in from a hard day of work, school, who knows? Who knows what Simon does? I think it's exclusively, uh, school, but yeah, he comes in from class or whatever. Uh, and he's just like, uh, oh, and Rose is there, Rosie. Uh, and she's got like, we see the bedspread is like more effeminate. It's not like, I don't it know. It looks very uncomfortable though. Um, by the way, Simon, who has had like just gone on a rampage of having sex with all these girls at school, has a twin bed um, and he is 21 years old. And I don't know, maybe it's time to get like a double bed or a full bed or maybe even a queen size bed. Well, now that Rose is moving in, they're supposed to be sharing a bed together. Right. So they're both sleeping in this twin bed every night. Not, oh, so yeah, anyway, the whole thing is that Simon is like, this doesn't really look like my apartment, and Rose is like, that's because I'm moving in, but I'm not going to get rid of my apartment because we're going to fool your parents. Um, so Simon is like, I don't know about this. Um, my parents are not going to be happy about this. And she's like, that's why I'm keeping my apartment, because they're going to fool everyone. Um, uh, also along with this is the first time she says she's not moving in, she's just spending every night there. And she's also letting Sandy stay in her apartment. Because Sandy is still in the dorms, but now that she's pregnant, Rose thinks she should have a place of her own. And Sandy's going to pay the rent. Oh, no, Rose is going to pay the rent for Sandy's apartment. Or Rose's parents are still paying the rent for Sandy's apartment. But anyway, the point is that who, like, who in their lives would stand for a significant other just being like, I've moved in! Just out of nowhere, and then why? But like, why is Simon with Rose at all? Yeah. Is really yeah. the question. Uh, but we may never know. We don't ever find out. Like why? Like because Simon seems every time that he comes home and like or speaks to Rose and she's made some sort of change, like I moved into your apartment or like we need to get married right now. He just seems aggravated and like not really into this relationship. So I don't know why he decided after having sex with everyone that Rose was going to be the one person that he sticks with and decides to marry. Or why they decided to make Rose the most unlikable person on earth. Right, that too, because like Simon has generally been a likable, normal character, and all of the people he's dated that we've met on the show have been like likable, generally. I, don't, I can't think of anyone he's dated that I've... Like really? his random slew of randos were like random. Yeah, they were like, but, but like, we never yeah. got to know them, yeah. so it doesn't really matter. Uh, so that's the cold open. That's right? that. Yeah, that's the cold open. So we're gonna start with. Uh, well, I guess. Okay, so the last episode was. I don't know if it was the last episode or two episodes ago. Um, Lou, when it was the first episode of this season, so season ten, episode one, so two episodes ago, uh, Lucy gave that terrible sermon. Lou was like told the Rev that nobody wants Lucy to be the associate pastor. So Lucy is trying to figure out how to get in good with the parishioners at the Glen Oak Church, and she notes that teen girls are the only people that like her. So the people that she does like the sex education class for or whatever, um, but. She really wants to reach out to her base, which she thinks should be the single women at the church, 
but the single women at the church are annoyed that she doesn't do more to introduce them to single men because that's what every single single woman wants. Clearly. Uh, Yes. So Lucy's like, I need to think of things I can do for single women. Um, She comes up with like a few, I think there's like a batch of ideas. I don't know. What, What it comes out of it is she's like, oh, we're going to have a church social to bring all of the single women and single men together and they can dance and have a good time and it'll be good, wholesome fun. And Kevin is like, that's a terrible idea. I think even the Rev is like, no, she tells the Rev, and the Rev is like, no one's going to come to that. Yeah. I don't know what you think you're doing. She convinces the Rev by letting him play his, in his band. And meanwhile, Kevin is joining Mommy and Me. Because he is now a stay-at-home father, but he hasn't told Lucy that he's not going back to work yet. No, he has told her that he oh, quit, okay. because he didn't the, tell her why he quit. Okay. So stay-at-home dad Kevin is, yeah, he's going to mommy and me class with all of these women who don't look like they are young mothers. They look like they are middle-aged women with children who are older than newborns. The very typical scene in that, you know, he's the only male at this mother class. And so they're all smitten with like this, like, oh, he's sensitive side. And he like tells his little tale about being, being shot, shot at. at. Yeah. And everybody's like, oh, and it's, it's, you know, it's exactly how you picture it going down. And you know what? I like Kevin as a character and I hate that I've said it, but I do. Um, yeah, I know. And... <sighs> He talks about, like, the um, the church social that's going to happen, and he invites all his new mommy and me friends, and because some of them are single women, and we wonder why. Oh, I was just going to make some more um, insinuations about there being LGBT characters in the background in Seventh Heaven, but I won't do it this time. <laughs> anyway, but just know I'm thinking there it. There were. Yes. There totally were. Some it lesbians. a bunch of bullshit. Um, uh, anyway, fast forward to, the, oh, well, there is a scene in the kitchen of Lucy. where, where these two women. Yeah. So uh, Kevin is just with these two women who are single mothers yes, at the yeah, church. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I'm saying that like, I'm skeptical yeah, yeah, yeah. because they're like, the one woman is like, oh, we just can't leave little Max or whatever. And there's this other woman there who's like reveals for the first time that she's a single mother. And Kevin is like. I didn't. They use a stor- sperm, or she used. She's a sperm, a sperm donor. donor. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and Kevin is like, "Oh, I didn't know you were a single mother." Uh, whatever the obviously situation here. The first woman talked about Max as if it was a yeah. If it was a shared child between her and this other woman, and then they talked about the sperm donor. So these women are definitely together. Um, and so these women are obviously not together. Or not explicitly. Because it's 2006, and gay people didn't exist yet. Um, so Kevin is, like, comforting one of the women and hugs her, and as, as he's hugging her, Lucy walks in, and she's like, what? How um, dare you hug another woman? And, like, I don't really, nothing really happens from this, but it's just kind of, like, insinuated that, like, Lucy's like, oh, boy. Um, and then we kind of get to the... Uh, church social where Kevin has like accidentally matched up a single man with a married woman and instead of the single woman and the married woman's husband is like mad. But also shouldn't those people just have not approached like they should have known better like well I mean 
the woman who was married should have been like, oh, no, don't set me up with anyone. Yeah, I don't know. I guess people don't have, like, control over their own lives in this in this. <laughs> yes, like, Kevin set them up so they were bound to be together yeah. for the entire evening. Uh, so the husband, I think Jeff or something, uh, comes up to Kevin and Lucy and says... Uh, so you're joining mommy and me forever now? And he's like, yeah. She's like, he's like, well, I wish I could also like have a job where I can get shot at and then turn into a woman. Yeah. Turn into a woman. That was, was I was like, he's fuck. So Kevin, uh, being a stay at home dad means that you've turned into a woman or something. And also that man says it with an inherently negative connotation. Which is bullshit. And so thanks, Brenda Hampton, who I think actually did write this episode with somebody else, if I recall correctly. And Aaron and I were obviously like upset about like the woman comment, but Lucy turns around and is like, You were shot at? And that's like the first she's hearing of it. And so the episode ends with like him chasing after yeah. Marital tension. Um, so we have two other storylines to get to. Uh first is Simon and Rose. Um so, as we said, Simon and Rose have moved in together. Simon calls the Rev to say he's coming home this weekend to give him news that's, like, bad about Simon and Rose. So everybody's really happy that... They're, they're like, oh, Simon probably broke up with Rose. Um, they haven't. Yeah, they've actually made uh, things worse. Before, uh, so there's, like, a few random scenes. Like, at one point, Simon goes over to, like, a closet in his apartment, and he opens the door, and, like the way like a ton of boxes of shoes fall out on him and it's all of uh rose's stuff and he's like you can't he was like there's not enough room for both of us here and i can't move into your apartment with you because she's like oh my apartment's bigger let's just move there together and he was like your rent is like too damn high yeah i think he says he says something that he was like your rent is double his which i don't know where rose is living but um, and he's like, and my parents aren't going to pay for me to uh, live with you, and your parents aren't going to pay the full rent for me to live with you. So he's like, how about we just don't live together? Well, no, she's like, oh, well, then we need to set a date to get married. Or like, she's like, why don't you buy me a ring so then my parents won't mind about us living together? And he's like, we already set a date. I'm going to get you a ring in time, but we are going to get married in May of 2007. So... Um, Rose is, like, generally unhappy about this because that is her permanent state. We have another scene where he, like, she convinces him to not, like, do his take-home test the night before and said do it in the morning. And she's like, I'll set the alarm and I'll make sure that you get up. But then, like, he obviously wakes up Oversleeps, yeah. And she's like, you were supposed to set the alarm. And anyway, I hate Rose. It's just, like, a bunch of things that, like, she does and says that Simon is clearly unhappy with and aggravated about, but for some reason they're Simon, together. Simon has never indicated, like, there's not been a moment where, it's like, you you see Simon be like, oh, and this is why I love her. <laughs> yeah, you know, like, like... There's not even, like, like, oh, she's got these, like, quirks about her and I hate her sometimes, but... Then she just, you know, does this one thing that I love and everything's better. Like, Kevin's entire thing is Lucy's crazy, but that's why he likes her. And he, like, repeats that constantly. And he's like, I love that she, like, is obsessed with me. And I guess that's what he's into. But, um, so then there's a separate scene before Simon makes the journey back to Glen Oak where Sandy comes over. And, um, it's just Sandy and Rose. Oh, wait, Sandy and Simon. And, um... We really didn't pay attention to a whole lot of this conversation, but it's generally about Sandy's pregnancy and how she like si- uh, how Martin is still ignoring her, and she needs to go to Glen Oak with Simon because um, she talks she talks about like 
I don't know, Simon is like, why don't you look to your family for support or something? And she's like, my parents are divorced. And I don't know, she's got like an evil stepfather and uh, she doesn't have anyone else to really like lean on during this time. So she's like, and you know what? I don't have anyone else that's going to be there for me. So Martin is damn sure going to be there for me. Yeah, and it just seems out of character for Martin not to take responsibility. His entire thing is like he's like a straight stand, like not straight, like straight. The son of a military man. Like he was raised right and to take responsibility for his actions. And like he, you know. And him running away from this and being in denial just seems completely off. I mean, him having sex with Sandy in the first place is, is entirely off. But... Now that it's happened, he's just, like, totally rejecting any and all responsibility, so... There's also a side conversation here where Rosie's... I'm calling her Rosie, (laughs) too, now. Where Rose says that, like, oh, it's just, like, it's like Sandy to do this. She has sex with every guy. And then she's, yeah, and then she's like, Simon, you never had sex with Sandy, right? But they did. But they did. So I guess that's a thing that may or may not come out. What's the thing? It's, like, crass and, like, Simon and Martin are, like... Something, some sort of brothers. Oh, Eskimo brothers. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, uh, actually, I, w- I wanted to say, like, there seems to be no chemistry between Simon and Rose, but there's hella more chemistry between Simon and um, Sandy. I think that just has a lot to do with Haley Duff's acting, because she delivers every line, like, super exasperatedly, so it seems like she th- either just, like... Is just about to cry. Yeah, or... she's like, or she's, like, really taken with whoever she's talking to, and she's like... There's I just, this, I really need you to listen to me right now. There's, um, there's an ultrasound also in this episode. Yeah. But this basically, this storyline ends with Simon coming back. Um, Sandy is with him. Sandy, Rose is not. Yeah. Sandy is like, I need to talk to Martin. And Simon's like, you need to give him space. He needs to, like, come to you on his own terms. They have a very... Which is bullshit. Yeah. Like, that might never happen. Yeah. Like, 25 years later, the kid's, like, 25. And Martin's <laughs> like, oh, now I'm ready to talk to you. <laughs> Um, and he, like, kind of, like, puts his arm around her and comforts her, and they kind of walk out, and the Rev and Annie see this happening, and they kind of think more of the idea that maybe Rose and Simon are kaputs. And, and Sandy and Simon are on the up and up. But this obviously isn't resolved, because the episode ends. Ends. And finally, we have what is the grossest storyline ever, this fucking thing with Ruthie. So I think we come back from the cold open, yeah. and this is the first yeah. thing we see? Yeah, because uh-huh. the credits are still running. Mm-hmm. Um, take it away with describing whatever this She's was. She's, like, gyrating, and the song on Amazon is just, like, random beats. But I think the song in real life was a Tony Braxton song called Please? question mark maybe i don't know i'd have it's, to listen to the song and then yeah but it just it's she's gyrating a lot there's no lyrics it's yeah. just like these like this weird like very early thousands pop beat yeah and like it it just she's just rolling her body in yeah body she's, rolls. she's actually just doing body rolls over and over mm-hmm. and over again and like the camera is like following it weirdly, and you have to remember that Mackenzie Rosman, the actress, is still. I mean, she was sixteen, th- but, but like, like still. Yeah, no, it's not like uh, like sixteen or seventeen is not like. You should the way that the camera. They objectified. Yeah, they her. did. No, it, they did. And we have like um, the whole thing really is that Rev and Ruthie are fighting, and Annie wants them to make up. So Re- why are oh they're fighting because she's not allowed to go out with Jack, who is twenty two IRL. And um, so the rep goes upstairs to talk to her when he sees the dancing. She- and she doesn't stop. She makes eye contact with him, and she continues to, like, touch herself and roll her body. And... Be very... Or try to be very, sexual. like... Sensual. Sensual and shit. Um, follow up on this is the rev, like, 
mimicking the body rolls, which is supposed to be funny, but is also very uncomfortable. And Annie's like, why can't she dance? And Annie is like, she's becoming a sexual being, which is the most clinical, but also, like, I don't know. I don't want anyone to say that about about anyone ever. Especially a 16-year-old girl. Um, She's supposed to be, like, 14 on the show. Wait, she's, like, 15. 15. All right, right. Um, So... They then, like, the, the next really scene in this is Ruthie and Rev kind of talking and, um, like, they're trying to get, like, their, their relationship back on track. And Ruthie's like, well, imagine this. Like, imagine you couldn't date the most popular person in school because your parents told you not to. Um, and I was like, yeah, I get it. But, like, you have to understand that you're turning into a... A woman. Yeah, and a sexual being, and, like, people are going to be thinking of you as sexy, and it's, like, very difficult for me to see you as that. And she's like, wait, you think I'm sexy? And she gets all excited because her father thinks she's sexy. And then she's like, oh, my God, and you think that boys want to have sex with me? Not that I want to have sex, but anyway, it's a very bad car conversation. Like, it just, ugh. And Ruthie kind of uses this as, like, fuel for the rest of the episode. She's, like, walking around, like, jutting her hips everywhere. But it's all... like, got her, like... Well, even during this conversation, she's sitting in the car, but it seems like she's trying to, like, push her chest out as far as she can. Um, but... Yeah. I think they're, like, trying to sell the fact that she's doing something different in this episode, but Mackenzie Rosman is literally walking like she always walks. And, yeah. But apparently this is now sexy. And, um... I mean, everybody kind of walks with some sort of, like, swing in their hips, right? Yeah. Generally, that's, yeah, like, how no, people walk. Yeah, like, that. Like that's how we've evolutionary been, evolutionarily been made. Yeah. But um, Jack, like, all of a sudden is like, oh, you're doing something different. I'm intrigued. And all these boys are like, hi, Ruthie. <laughs> <laughs> yep, and, that's it. And, like... In, a, like, while this is also happening, like, Martin and Meredith are having their cute, like, puppy love, like, kind of story in the background. I hate Meredith. I don't I know really, why. I just can't. I she's, like, such a, like, like... I like her. She's fine. Well, I think with anyone on the show, and I really, like, I've noticed it throughout the entire run, but the people that they get, like, the extras, um, if they are white, are, like, the most white-bred people they could ever find. Like, it's not... You don't find these, like, these are not ordinary white people. <laughs> They're above and beyond white people. Like this, uh, so anyway, like in the, uh, at school, all these boys are looking at Ruthie and then like Ruthie goes up to Martin and she's like, you need to find me a date for the, uh, the church social. social." And Meredith is like, why don't you go with Jack? And she's like, I'm not allowed to go with Jack. You should know this by now. Uh, and Martin's like, I don't understand why it's always on me to find you dates, but okay. And then, like, Ruthie... She wants someone who's sexy. Yeah. <laughs> and Martin's like, I don't know what that means. And then she tells Martin that he's sexy, and he's like, I don't want anyone thinking of me <laughs> as sexy. Um, and he's like, nobody thinks that. So, like, as soon as Ruthie leaves, this, like, super white bread boy... And Sam Walker. Sam Walker in a track jacket, which was, I think, very fashionable. Oh, like, yeah, I had one. Yeah, I think I did uh, as well. I too, I too. In, like, 2006. So he's, like... In, in a plain track jacket, and it's just like, he's like, oh, if you have to set Ruthie up, set her up with me. I talked to her once in the hallway, and apparently he asked her out once, but we don't, and he's like, and I'm smart, and I'm her, like, he's like he's 15 or, student. he's like 15 or 16, so he's like, I'm age appropriate, and I'd really like the opportunity to go out with Ruthie, so like, I should be the person that you set her up with, and Martin's like, 
okay, yeah, that's fine. You look nice. <laughs> like he was like, yeah, you yeah. convinced me. You're age appropriate and whatever. You talked to her once. So Martin and Meredith have their first date at the church social and Ruthie gets set up with Sam Walker and she hates it. And to like get back at everyone, she does her gyrating body roll dance all over the dance floor. Um, while, while the Rev and his band play Norman Greenbaum's Spirit in the Sky, which is not a song to be gyrating to or even like doing, like, it's not like... Promiscuous Girl by Nelly yeah, Furtado. And that, <laughs> I think that, like, the moves, I think those are the moves that, like, Ruthie is trying to replicate. Yeah, yeah. Because, like, I can, like, picture that video right yes! now. And that's exactly, like, I think she's even wearing, like, what Nelly Furtado was, like, wearing in the video. Um, and that's so, how the episode ends. That is legit how the episode episode ends. Yeah, so what are you reading it? I think for sheer ability to get me to react, this is probably going to be a five. Wow. Yeah. Um, so for secret mommy and me lesbians, I'm giving it a four. All right. So uh, if you want to see what body rolls look like done by... Ruthie Camden. We should put it side by side with Nelly Furtado. We're not going to do that. That's too much work. I I was going to do it. I was going to try to do uh, the scene, like all the scenes of her being weird, and also then the Rev trying to mimic her. Uh, We'll see what we'll surprise you. Come check out our social social media. Our Twitter and Instagram is at CamdenCast Show. We're at Facebook.com/slash CamdenCast, and uh, we upload uh, videos. No, we don't. We upload podcasts. Oh yeah. (laughs) Sometimes we have videos on our Instagram, but but we upload podcasts every Wednesday and Saturday on Stitcher, SoundCloud.com/slash CamdenCast, and the iTunes Apple's Podcast app. And we've been better at doing it on the right day. (laughs) I'm. Oh, uh, 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 I'm Erin. I'm Tammy. This is Cast. <laughs>